Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. It can be said that dance is the universal language, but dance competitions are another story entirely. Making the Impact is excited to bring together Peter Oxford, owner of Showcase Australian Dance Championships, and Jacob Dvorak, owner of the Movement Factory in Prague, Czech Republic, for a conversation on competitive dance in other countries. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact. I'm your host, Courtney Ortiz, and I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Mueller. Hi, Courtney. Happy to be here today. First of all, good morning, because it is so early for us. Good morning. I (laughs) honestly couldn't tell you the last time I was up this early for anything. And this is probably at this point in my life, one of the only things I would get up this early for is dance related things. So well, yeah, I was gonna say, you get up this early for competition. I do, but it feels like it was a lifetime ago because now it is not competition season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, on those competition weekends, we are getting up early and we are our alarm is set for that 6 a.m., sometimes even sooner. Usually Um, even sooner. So, yeah. And you know what's surprising is that I am usually, today included, I, I can get up. I can function. I can, you know, direct a whole event. I can come do a whole podcast. And like, it's really fine. I just would rather not do that every day. So I'm glad it only happens on the weekends and on, you know, times like these where it's very important that we're here early because if we weren't, we wouldn't be able to have these fantastic guests that we have on today. Yes. And why we're talking about why it's so early over here is because we're doing an episode today, as you know, as you can read from clicking the title. And it's all about a look and a glimpse into what competitive dance is like around the world in other countries. And obviously, to make this possible, it uh, took a lot of research and it took a lot of preparation and planning on on all of our schedules because we have very busy schedules in general. But then you add some time zones to the mix. And oh, my gosh, it was very challenging to figure out exactly what time can we all meet. And record an episode. That's so, not in the middle of the night for any of us. <laughs> exactly. So we somehow made it possible. So right now it is 7 a.m. New York City time for Leslie and I. We woke up bright and early, set our alarms for 6.30. We had a cup of coffee and we're ready to be here and chat dance with our guests worldwide today. So exciting. And I cannot wait to get to know them. So let's jump into this episode. But before we jump in, I want to tell you about one of our brand new sponsors who are joining us for season four, and that is Liberate Artists. Liberate Artists is a dance and performing arts organization that builds confidence and promotes social growth in young people. They create magical and momentous dance experiences and performances in brave, inclusive, non-competitive environments that remind everyone that you are enough, exactly as you are in the skin and body that you are in. Join them this summer in 2023 at one of their events. Focus takes place in sunny Los Angeles, and it's the ultimate commercial dance experience. Or head on over to the Big Apple to experience Phoenix Fire in the heart of New York City. At Liberate Artists Summer Experiences, you'll have the opportunity to perform on film in a professional music video and earn an IMDb credit, or hit the stage in a Broadway-style production that's written specifically for dancers. Come be a part of the Liberation Nation, training with the renowned teaching artists, making lasting friendships, and take your skills and love of dance to the next level. Check them out at liberateartists.com for more information. 
And if you'd like to receive a $500 scholarship to a future Liberate Artists event, reach out to contact at liberateartists.com and mention Making the Impact podcast to receive this special exclusive offer. And I'm excited to welcome another brand new sponsor to our podcast for season four, and that is Apollo Performance. Have you tried Apollo Shocks? I couldn't believe how much better my body felt the first time I wore mine, and now I'm obsessed with all of them. Apollo Performance offers compression socks that support and protect your feet for class and performance. Apollo Performance is made by dancers, backed by science, and recently, they got a deal on Shark Tank, my favorite show. There really is no substitute for Apollo Shocks. I love the arch support and compression they offer me while teaching, and you can even get your shocks to have traction on the ball of the foot, which allows you to stay grounded and connected to the floor without slipping. Grab yours now by using our exclusive podcast promo code. Use the code IMPACT10 in all caps at checkout to receive 10% off your order at apolloperformance.com. Dance longer, dance stronger with Apollo Performance. Just a reminder to our dear listeners about our new Platinum Premium Podcast subscription, which is an exclusive members-only platform that you can join for only $5 a month. Our Platinum Premium subscription is for the diehard Making the Impact fan who wants to help support our podcast and help us continue producing excellent content for seasons to come. We've already had conversations about like seasons five and six, so they're coming your way and we couldn't do it without your help. We really appreciate all of our members that have signed up so far and membership perks include access to our monthly Q&A live episodes, priority to have your questions answered on our Q&As, those get to those people first, ad-free listening for all of season four, stickers mailed to you and your dancer, discounts on making the impact merchandise. I am wearing the sweatshirt right now. It is very cute. And most importantly, I think a discounted online critique from the one and only Courtney Ortiz for your dancer if you subscribe. So all of our subscribers have the option to receive a shout out on a future podcast episode. And that is going to happen right now because we have so many people who have signed up. We want to recognize them. We would love to say thank you and give a shout out to Ruthie Endicott, who is a dance parent from Star Dance Studio in Noonan, Georgia. Oh, hey, Noonan. I'm from close to there. They say, I am a fairly seasoned dance mom, but I always learn something valuable on every podcast. My 13-year-old dancer is planning a career in the dance industry, so now we're trying to soak up as many nuggets as we can. Thank you for all that you do. That's awesome, Ruthie, and good luck to your dancer. Um, We also want to say hello and thank you for your support to Carmen, a dance parent from California. They say, congratulations. We have been enjoying your podcast since day one. Looking forward to this season and many more to come. Thank you, Carmen. We have loved having your support over the years, and so thank you for subscribing. And if you would like to join our Platinum Premium membership, head over to the website to join for only $5 a month, or you can pay a one-time quick fee for a yearly access for this season. Visit our website at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash platinum premium, or click the link in our show notes now to sign up. All right, Dance World, we are so, so, so excited to be jumping in to this week's episode And like mentioned, we're talking about the international competitive dance scene. I mean, how cool is that? If you are listening, tuning in from the States, you've heard us talk about competitions over here for four seasons long, everybody. And now we are going to learn about what it's like elsewhere, what it's like around the world competing and participating in competitive dance, and what are competitions like all the way on the other side of the world. And 
I still cannot believe that we are making this podcast episode possible, Leslie. Like, wow. It's so early yeah, for us. But for- we worked, guys, listeners, we worked really hard to get the perfect guests for this podcast. And we are so, so grateful that they figured it out and made it work on in such a short time span. Like, we can't thank them enough. So listeners, this is a really special episode. So thank you for tuning in. Yes, thank you so much. And we have tons of time zones on this episode joining us and we're all here at the same time we made it work i'm so excited so we're gonna jump in and meet our two very special guests who are joining us internationally today and the first guest that i would like to welcome is a studio owner and they are coming to us from the czech republic all the way in the czech republic and i'm uh, leslie discovered their studio via social media yay for social media And we have been admiring them from a distance and just cannot wait to hear more about what their world is like in the competition scene. So I'm really excited to welcome the owner of the Movement Factory in the Czech Republic, Jacob Dvorak. Hello, everybody. Hi, Jacob. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's like about one one o'clock or... Yeah, exactly. It's one one o'clock. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. So... Thanks for squeezing us into your schedule. I'm pretty sure you guys told me you're currently filming a television show. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. We are now on the latest season of Czechoslovakia Got Talent. And I can't say where we are in the stage, but we are getting through. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's exciting. Ooh. Well, maybe maybe we'll know by, um, release. by release date. Yeah, we've got another month. Do you think you'll be, we'll know by then? Yeah, you will know for sure because... There are some pretty exciting news coming soon into the TV, and then we can speak about it. Cool. Okay, cool. Exciting. Well, we got our fingers crossed for you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That is so cool. I hope that we're able to see some clips. Maybe we can link some clips uh, for all of our fans once things are officially live. And that's really exciting. So congrats on that. And thanks, for again, for squeezing us in. I mean... We're obviously not as important as a, um, you know, a TV <laughs> you are, show, you are. but <laughs> thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. So happy we found you. And like I mentioned, you're a studio owner. You have a competitive studio, and it sounds like you do a lot of other things as well over there in the dance scene. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you for your intro, where you are originally from, where you trained, how you got into. Uh, the competition dance world, and a little bit about your studio before we jump into our episode. Yeah, sure. So I started dancing when I was four years old in a little city with 7,000 inhabitants. And my mom wanted to go uh, and I would play football, but there was no slots uh, available. And the only spots where, where, uh, which were available were in the dance studio. So she got me in and I fell in love uh, like immediately and wanted to continue dancing. And when I was 18, uh, I uh, was asked to run the studio. So I rebranded the whole studio where I started. Then we opened the next one, which is Movement Factory here in Prague. And last year we opened another one, which is in the second biggest city in Czech Republic. And that's called Movement Company. And the both of them, uh, like all, all three of them are under the umbrella of movement studios and we are competing we are shooting videos we do video clips concerts events all kind of stuff we are trying to link our kids to professional dance world as i also own a dance agency 
So basically, in a really young age, they can you know get into a professional dance world and try out things uh, which are not possible for most of the young dancers. Wow! So you run, you also run a talent or dance agency. Exactly, a dance agency which provides uh, dancers for concerts, video clips, events, and all kind of happenings where dancers are needed. Our kids were just now shooting a film for Amazon Prime. Cool! Oh, cool! Wow! So what an awesome opportunity. I think everyone, I mean, I don't know if everyone, but I'm sure a lot of people would love that their studio owner was also a talent scout or a talent agent to give them opportunities like here, like my studio is going to be on Amazon Prime commercial, you know, like those opportunities (laughs) would never happen if you didn't have the connection of being a talent agent at the same time. That's exactly, cool. exactly. That's that's what we are trying to communicate with uh, Czech Dance World, that we are the only studio which can provide this. And this is like the uniqueness which we found in this. Yeah, cool. Well, that's that is a really great uh, niche to be in because that that seems like a lot of work, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. But as I love dance, like I never imagined that I can earn from dancing. So so I'm mm-hmm. pretty happy I can, uh, you know, uh, make a living from it. Because not much dancers here in Czech can make a living from dancing because the scene yeah. is, you know, not that developed as in as in the U.S. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure. That's really interesting. I love hearing that. And wow, you have so many, you're in so many avenues of this, this small dance world in your country. And I, I think that's really impressive to see how far you've come. And like I said, oh, everybody you. go check check them out on Instagram because they are doing some awesome things over there. Such beautiful talent. So we'll dive in even more to learn more about your studio and competition scene. But we are really grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much. All right. Our next guest is joining us all the way from Sydney, Australia. It's super late over there. I think it's around 9pm recording time. Pretty crazy. Like I said, we are making it work with our time zones for this recording. And Uh, This guest is the owner of one of the first ever national dance competitions in Australia, y'all. I mean, how cool is that? So we are going to have a competition owner on the podcast for this episode. I'm very excited to welcome Peter Oxford to the podcast. Welcome, Peter. Good evening, good afternoon, and good day, everybody from Sydney. (laughs) I'm very, very excited to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast. Absolutely. We're really, really excited. And uh, like like I mentioned uh, before we started recording, we don't have competition owners on the pod often on our podcast. We have a lot of dance teachers. We have a lot of judges, but not many competition owners join us. Occasionally we have some, Leslie, like season two. Yeah, it's been a while. a minute. (laughs) Maybe we need to do this more often. Well, I've done all three. I've been a studio owner and a judge as well. Perfect. There we go. So you're covering it all. And I can't wait to hear about how you started this competition. So if you wouldn't mind telling the world out there a little bit more about you, where you grew up, how you got into dance, and then what, how you started this competition. Okay. So I started dance at the age of four years of age. And there's a reason why I started dancing because I have cystic fibrosis. So that was good for me, for my clearing my lungs. So I started at the age of four. For exercise and then all the way, you know, continue my dancing all the way through till I was 18. Then I was teaching for a dance studio and the teacher didn't want the studio anymore, gave me the studio overnight. I ended up teaching, having my own studio for 12 years. During that time, um, I actually 
early before that, I actually went to the States in my late teens and took part in an American dance competition. Oh, really? And yes, I did cool. in Chicago. Or, um, yeah, in Chicago. And I actually won the competition, which I was sort of blown away doing a tap solo. Then I went back again and did two more. <laughs> you couldn't get enough. Well, I thought it was like, okay, let's go do this. And I actually saw the concept and how they ran the competition over there and the whole national concept, regional finals, which we did not have in Australia at that stage. Then a few years after that, I actually started the concept here in Australia on a very, very small scale, like with my friends who own dance schools. We got together and trialed it out because it was a totally different concept to what the normal steps are in Australia. It's sort of people are like, oh, we don't like the American idea. So then I just put the Peter Oxford touch on it. <laughs> I told them that, but it was still oh, the, it's the, the same. <laughs> and it just took off. And 28 years later, I'm still here producing the Australian Dance Championships and Hollywood Bound. I actually have two competitions. Oh, nice. I love that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So cool. I love it. Yes. Yes. So I'm. It's, it's quite bizarre how it did actually start. Yeah, and I was actually, the first three, the first way I found out about a dance competition in the US was I was actually at a friend's, family friend's place in Dubuque, Iowa, and they introduced me to the local dance school. And I ended up teaching there. And that's, that's right. And then she gave me a video of a competition promo and I took it back to the house. I watched it. That's how I found it about dance competition. Mm. Called them up, said, oh, I might enter. And then came <laughs> back and did it. Yeah, it's like, that, that was the story. Yeah. So if I hadn't have gone to this little dance school in Dubuque, Iowa, who doesn't do dance competitions, I would never have found out because we didn't wow. have, we didn't have the exposure here in Australia to find out about it because there's right, no, to even know. There's no internet, no email, nothing back then. Right. So what year what, what year did it start? Twenty eight years ago. I started showcase in nineteen ninety four. Wow. Okay. Okay. But it was back in nineteen ninety one or ninety two that I discovered the American dance competitions. Right. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to. Do you remember what the competition was that you attended in in the states? Oh, do you want me to name it? Yeah, I'm. I just. I want to know. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. It was Dance Olympus. Oh. oh wow! Yeah, old school. So interesting, man. That takes that takes everybody back. Dance Olympus. Yeah. That makes yeah. Early '90s. Yep. Wow, I love that. Well, so cool. I mean, I can't wait to learn more about both both of y'all and this whole beautiful competitive dance world that has blossomed all across the world it sounds like <laughs> i wonder like i mean i don't think did the states start competition dance do we think that that we kicked it off over here i think the british did i think the british oh yeah probably yeah. you know with like syllabuses and yeah, you know like rad sure. yeah all those ones started them and then i mean we've always had competitions here which were like a like a steadfords which is the british way mm, right yeah cool well, yeah. Well, we'll, they're everywhere we'll learn even more. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so intrigued that both of your stories sound kind of similar. You both started dance at four because you your mom needed to give you something to do, and it happened to be dance. And then at 18, you were like, "I guess I'm taking over my own my studio that I've been at." Like that's that's really unique. And but like just kind of goes to show that there's a community everywhere. Like y'all have the same story, and you're completely in different countries and you know, the way that it blossomed out is different, but I just think that's a really neat similarity. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. All right. So let's jump in. Let's talk competition for like kicking things off right off the bat. So Jacob, you took over the studio, you've rebranded the studio. 
was your studio doing competitions at the time when you took it over or did is that something that you introduced into your new rebranded studio atmosphere? Oh, yes. So uh, the studio was competitive since the beginning. Like I uh, started competing when I was six. And by the time we are doing really great because there was not much studios in Czech and the standard which we had was really high. But when I got to own the studio when I was 18, it was kind of one of the worst ones in the country. And when they were giving it to me, they were like, you will never make it. This is this is a lost case. And I was like, "Okay, watch me. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of a challenge, kind of a challenge because, as I said, you know, it's a small, small city with 7,000 people in it. And so we started, you know, I invited my friends uh, who I worked in the industry with, in theaters and events, uh, and they started teaching there also. And the studio took off. And after the first year, we became national champions. And by now, the studios are like more than 100 times in different categories, champions of Czech Republic. And we also do worlds. So they are like 40 times world champions, which I would love to, you know, speak with you about because we do worlds, but we don't include mm. US into the worlds. Really? Right. Well, that's, I was wondering what, because I found you guys and I was like, well, I wonder what competitions they go to. And then I started looking at your social media. And so you go to the, go to Czech Dance Masters. Exactly. Czech Dance Masters. Then and we you, do Best Dance yep. Group. And then the international ones, it's International Dance Organization. But basically, mm-hmm. they do world finals, but there is no U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, there's mostly right. Canada, but not U.S. Never. What's up with that? Wow. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> I think, like, I don't know exactly why U.S. is not attending those competitions. I think because Europe is really, really far, though. But we also do Dance yeah. World Cup. But also, right. U.S. is, like, super, like, few studios. The most mm-hmm. in right. Canada and Britain. But... I don't know, because I think your competition dance world is really developed in your country and you have so Mm -hmm. much to offer. So you don't have to really go out to, you know, become champions because there there is a lot of competition and lots of other, you know, organizations which do competitions. We have just three Mm -hmm. of them and we attend two of them. So, wow. Well, which, you know, and we talk about this a lot, like that, what you guys do is a real competition because there's fewer of you it's 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 hard it's like the best people in in europe are going to these competitions whereas in the states it's like everybody everybody's going everywhere person (laughs) from your state (laughs) out of 50 states that is also from your town like there's like you know 100 studios in one town competing it's just oversaturated here and it just sounds like the best of the best go to your competitions and not saying that everyone that competes in the states aren't great but I think that like everyone competes now in the States. And then there's over like close to 300 competition companies out here, which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> because what we do with the International Dance Organization is that only the best six or five formations, solos, small groups and stuff go to the, to the European. So mm. there is really, you know, the clash of really the best of the best of each country. So, so that's really cool. Because yeah. also we do regionals and then we do nationals and I'm also judging. So I saw all the regionals and it's like lots of choreographies that you need to cut out until the very yeah. best. So mm. cool. Wow. Wow. I wish we did stuff like that. I know. Because our like, I mean I know I don't know, nationals exist, but like for the states. I don't know if you guys have heard about 
you know how I, um, nationals. I but I judged. I judged Dance World Cup. Oh, oh, nice. No way. Cool. <laughs> I did um, Braga. I judged Braga. Oh, so yeah, that's the one we where we not attended. We attended this year in Spain, and next year is again in Braga. Yeah, so well, cool. I, and I used to take. I used to take Team Australia and Team New Zealand. I only did it once. We, we, we do World Dance Movement now in Italy. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. I know also this one. I won a scholarship for that event. Yeah, so oh, I cool. Take, so I take many similarities. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you need to come to World Dance Movement. movement. World Dance oh, Movement. Oh, yeah. Was Michelle, Michelle Asaf? Asaf. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know that was still happening. Is it still a thing? Yeah, yeah. I've been every year, like, since cool. 2017. Yep. Except COVID. COVID. Yeah. Right. I think that's where I felt I, I got, like I, I, got, I actually got COVID there this year. Me and Michelle Asaf got it together. Oh, good. <laughs> no. <laughs> actually show the picture of me getting it, to her and me giving it to each other. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Is World Dance Movement, is it more of like convention or is it a competition? Yeah. So it's a conventional week and then at the end of it we do a gala and then on, it's, it's so, it's so Italian. It's like amazing. <laughs> and it's in an Italian village. Oh, in Castellano cool. Grotte. Now, I, every time I take Australians over, they're just blown away, like about the whole rawness of it and how it's put together. And then on the last, most of it's outdoors where they do performances. They slept with steak, wow. the piazza, and and then the last night, the last day we do a competition. But it's all at night, and all the locals come and watch it. It's so European Italian. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds awesome. I want to experience. That, that. is oh, yeah. really cool. She does yeah. such she does such a great job with it, and like the scholarship she gives out and like kids come away changed from mm. it all. Yeah, like I yeah. used to take my winners to the American competitions and, and then I, and then to one day someone said, look, why are we doing, we're not, we, why do we have to go win another trophy? Then I found mm. Michelle Asaf and what she put together. And I said, I can take these dance to the winners there. They're not having to win a trophy. They're, this is their mm-hmm. is going to do this convention. Yeah. And we That's did, really cool. we threw Dance World Cup in as well. So I took Team Australia, Team New Zealand. I didn't judge any of those. And then, yeah, we just decided we'll just stick to our dance. <laughs> nice. I yeah. think that Dance World Cup is is making an appearance in the U.S. I think they tried to last year. Actually, I was in contact with them because they were interested in using IDA or having a judge, at least a judge from my organization because we staff judges for competitions out here. And uh, they we were chatting. I don't think they were able to run their event last year. And I think I haven't touched base with them yet. But I hope that they are able to break into the world of in the States. You know, obviously, it's very oversaturated yes, no and competitive. competitive there's no Americans. Like, no Americans go to it. Right. Right. And it, it's because yeah, there's Canadians. no event here. So. And Canadians will go. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's no representation here in Australia anymore for Dance World Cup either because oh. I'm, I mm. franchised to it and I didn't sign on again. Mm. That's another story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Peter, tell us a little bit about, so you've had your competition for 28 years. When you started, how did, how did you structure it? Did you, what were there levels at the time? Do you have levels now? Tell us a little bit about how it's structured. When we started, we didn't do levels. We, in Australia, we have levels, like we okay. have like specially restricted, restricted open. So I got rid of all that, didn't have levels, just had everyone compete in the same level at a regional, then qualify for a final. Then moving on over the years, I actually did introduce levels, um, Ruby, Diamond and Elite, which we still have now. So our elite dancers would be our Dance of the Year kids. Diamond would be the mid-range. Ruby were the ones who's starting out. So if you're a Ruby level, you're only allowed to enter a maximum of three solos, and we only do it from the age of 7 to 10. Oh, okay. Oh, 
Interesting. So six and under will compete in their own level or together. And then seven to 10, which is two age groups and they're junior and petite, they'll compete um, Ruby, but then everyone else will the diamond or elite. Can you be like that. seven or 10, but not be in Ruby? Yes, you go diamond. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Or elite. There. We can go elite as well. Yeah. If you were like that serious. Yeah. Which is our dance of the year kids. So we'll have about 200 of those who will go for dance of the year soloists. And that's four age groups, junior, preteen, teen, and senior, which is the trips to Italy. Oh, cool. Mm. But you've got to go elite. You can't go against the diamond kids or the mm. rubies. Incentive. I like that. Yeah. If you want to go to Italy, then you need to compete in the <laughs> highest level. You have to be in the elite. Yes. See, we need more things like that over here. I know, right? And we do have people out of that mid-level. Yeah, we do our top 10s in the diamond and elite as well in each age group. And would you say, I'm just curious, so I direct a competition and just looking at like the entries and the percentages of who's entering what, we, I think mostly in the States, it's mostly solos. Yeah. How, like, would you say in Australia, it's the same? Yeah, I'd say about 70% now. Wow. Wow. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that the same Look, for you, looking, Jacob? No, no, no. We have the different situation. We do like mostly formations and small mm-hmm. groups is the most popular thing. Uh, wow. And our competition season is uh, divided into autumn one and spring one. The autumn one oh, cool. is basically soloists do improvisation battles. Ooh. So when you judge this, uh, you have five people in the judging panel, which are sitting next to the dance floor. and you have 30 released songs which can play and they play you know randomly and mm-hmm. eight people are on the dance floor and you as a judge like you take for the next round like half of it and then half and mm-hmm. the starting number is like 100 people and you cut it on, uh, until six in the finals mm-hmm. and then you have uh, the same with duos you have a, a given music and all the studios has to choreograph to the music a duo and then the duets perform at the same time. And oh, interesting. The only one which is, you know, your own music is small groups where you can do like whatever. And then in the spring season, we do formations. So basically we are not divided as you are, like Ruby, Diamond and stuff, but we have a hobby league, which is the beginners. Then we have a, like a basic league, which is the, the ones which have like trainings, I don't know, one, two times a week. And then there is an extra league which means uh, it's the like most professional ones. Like, for example, we are competing in this kind of league because we have trainings four times a week. So okay. So it's really different. And when we were uh, during COVID competing on one of the US competitions, I was like, what the heck is this? Like, teen <laughs> line, whatever. I was like, yep, hell, right. I could, yes. <laughs> I, I was like, I was happy that the system chosen be, uh, instead of me where I where I should put the the choreography because I didn't know because it's totally different we don't have anything like line small groups you know and Mm -hmm. then you have like you also have like quartets and stuff we don't do this so Mm -hmm. right that's interesting so when you (laughs) when you say formation like how many people is in that size group yeah you can be up to 24 dancers okay okay so so, and then like a large large. line yeah line for you (laughs) then Mm -hmm. we have production (laughs) which which is uh 25 plus Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And so we actually ran a virtual competition through my business during COVID. And it's actually we eight of them. We, oh, I'm glad you counted because I obviously 
I always count. I like the numbers. I hate numbers. I hate math, but like the numbers are important. We did eight of these virtual events. Eight of them. They were they were six, very successful. We it was really eye opening for us. It was actually kind of what sparked this idea for this podcast episode because we were so intrigued by seeing so many different studios from around the world, and I didn't even think about the whole you know adjustment of categories yeah like they were probably feeling the exact same when they were registering for our event because it was (laughs) like help yeah like what do where do i put this and and there were times when we would get registrations in and we would be like this person is not supposed to be you know we would and we'd have to like re-put you know put them in the right spot but it's probably just because it's so different it's different everywhere yeah yeah it's totally different for us Hey listeners, you may remember me mentioning Apollo Shocks earlier as the best dance footwear to help you dance longer and stronger. This all-female-owned company who recently got a deal on Shark Tank have revolutionized dancer footwear by providing the benefit of a shoe plus the comfort of a sock in one durable and high-quality footwear. But what is the science of Apollo? What makes them so special? Apollo socks are not only 100% made in the United States, but they also have the American Podiatric Medical Association seal of acceptance. That means foot doctors agree they are good for your feet, and they are the only dancer footwear with that designation. The patented targeted compression provides arch support and ankle stability in key insertion points in the arch and ankle. This helps to reduce the inflammation that naturally occurs in class and helps remove and enhance circulation for more effective recovery when worn after class. You can even request traction or grip on the bottom of your sock to give you the perfect resistance while dancing on Marley. They are incredibly durable and worth every penny. I highly recommend you checking them out. I love my Apollo shocks and I know you will too. Try them out now by using our exclusive podcast promo code on their website. Use the code IMPACT10 in all caps at checkout to receive 10% off your order for your brand new pair of compression socks at apolloperformance.com. Yeah, that's how we had to do it here because we went our competition season's the opposite to yours. So we started taking entries in the February, March. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the first lockdown happened. It was like, oh, my God. So we all, you know, everyone was shut down. And then I used Dance Comp Genie. So Mm -hmm. then they switched everything over to online video. So we obviously shut down for two months and then we came back and said, okay, we're going to qualify the kids for the finals in January. Okay. Mm. By video. Okay. And then as it started happening, in Australia, all our states closed. So we were border locked in our states. Right. We weren't allowed to leave our state. So we usually have our finals on the Gold Coast in Queensland where everyone converges. So I had to say, okay, we're just going to have a, a final in Sydney with just Sydney kids. Mm. So that's how we, we're, cha- we're constantly changing throughout the whole year of like how we're going to do it. And then I right. had a final in, in the January. Then we were ready to go again. Last season, last year, we got shut down again for 15 weeks. And what, so I was booked and contracted to do my finals January 2021 on the Gold Coast. I was selling a dance competition to people all around Australia when there was no flights going, borders were locked, we were in lockdown, saying, it's be fine, you'll be able to come, it's okay. And I did it. We did 1,700 acts and people came. But then as the finals are happening in January, Omicron hit everywhere. Oh, my God. Ah. So people just didn't turn up and oh. so we call it the Omicron final. So I'm fine <laughs> back on track now. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. So what's so this is September. What's coming up for you, Peter? So we're right in the season. middle of our season of qualifiers now. Okay. 
and my finals are in January. But what I've had to do is I stopped traveling all over Australia when COVID hit, obviously. And a friend of mine who runs a dance competition, she said, why don't you look at other people qualifying the kids in other parts of Australia? So I've now bought on partner competitions oh. mm. who are not, who are their own competitions. So they actually qualify the kids for me to come to mine. Huh. Interesting. Fly are you reciprocating? No, because they don't do finals. They just have local they, okay. competitions. I so they see. might just have local competitions around Australia. So I used to run probably 35 regionals at mm-hmm. my peak. I now have only had to do 10 myself. And everyone is doing them for the other, everyone else is doing them for me around Australia, and I've got to sixty qualifiers. Oh, okay, okay. wow, cool. Yes, <laughs> gosh, so you're you're really so busy. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> no, sounds... I don't do the sixty. I sit so much work. On the and I look on Instagram. <laughs> oh, someone's doing a qualifier for me somewhere at their competition. So, oh, that's good. That's great. <laughs> right, I'll I'll see them in January. <laughs> yeah, and then the entries are coming me. So we have a zone closing date. So if you close, if you competed between January. And March, you were zone one. You had to have entries in by May. Okay. Zone mm. two was April, May. You had to have them by June. So we've been doing that. So I've been closing off a zone every month apart yeah. where you qualified. So I'm only doing mine now. Okay. I was looking at your Instagram and wondering what that was because I saw, you know, as as time went on, the zones yeah. were, you know, closing. Yeah. So, okay, that makes okay, sense. I'm, up, I'm over 2,000 acts now for our January finals as of now. And I'm only just starting mine. So we wouldn't even be getting entries for finals yet for mine. So. We're okay. hoping to get back to our 3,000 entries for finals. Wow. See, that's the finals. Now, yeah, that's three three finals. That's three rooms running at once. Wow. Yep. And that and exists I haven't been here, but, you know. Yeah. So I had to remodel my whole business right. because of COVID. Yeah. Wow. And because Australia is such a spread out country, we can't fly everywhere. Mm, sure. And some of our airlines are flying still to some places. So I've just had to get these other people to qualify the kids for me. I mean, that's smart. I haven't, that's, I had not heard of anything like that in the States. I'm I'm the first one to do it. (laughs) Yeah, nobody. Well, you know, and that's really great because that at least shows that the community in Australia is willing to work together in a way that I don't know that, I mean, there's competitions here that are friendly or that own each other, you know, or like that have, you know, four competitions under an umbrella that would probably do that. But I I wouldn't guess that would be widespread here. Right. I think in Australia, because of, you know, who I am and I've been around so long. Right. Yeah. They, people do respect me and what I, what sure. I've achieved and what I've done with all the kids. And I've never been out to squash other dance competitions because we do need the local ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. very much finding into finding talent in the country areas. Because remember, mm-hmm. Australia has a lot of outback. So yeah. we all live on the East Coast and we only have a population of 25 million in our country. So the dance population isn't massive compared to what your countries are. Europe, we, we, we're at a very much smaller scale. So showcase has always been the dance, the national dance competition that everyone's always gone to. So these other local competitions are actually saying they're honored to be a qualifier. Right. That makes sense. Showcase. So, yeah. all right. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, Peter and Jacob, because something that I thought was interesting, I had the opportunity to literally right before the world shut down, I went like literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I had the opportunity to teach in Dubai and there was a new competition that was a convention and competition that was starting and uh, hopefully they come back. They haven't had an opportunity to come back yet, but it was an eye-opening experience for me because obviously there were studios that were from the Dubai and the Abu Dhabi area coming to this, but they were telling me about competitive dance 
for them and they're used to traveling. They're like, we have to go to Spain. We have to go to the UK. We have to go here because there's no competitions. So, and you kind of mentioned that a little bit, Jacob, because you were saying, oh, well, we did the Spain competition. And, you know, but then Peter, you're saying that like the dancers don't really travel around Australia. They go to their local events. So, yeah. And then they'll come to my, my nationals. They'll do that. But I, I also take in New Zealand as well. So okay. I've got the New Zealand. But then they're coming back to us for the first time in three years. Okay. Because we've been closed. We've had our borders closed. So like in Australia, they can, the dance scene can kind of stay within Australia boundaries and get what they need as far as events and local comps and national comps. Yes. But then about oh, 25 years ago, I started bringing kids to the States, to the US competitions. Right. Wow. So we, we do see a lot of kids who will sort of travel. Like, you know, we've been to European ones. Mm. But yeah, kids will go to New Zealand as well and vice versa. Okay. And then they're, they're still traveling to the US. I, I've, I've judged in the, I've judged in Canada. So I've, I've sent kids to Canada as well as cool. Dance of the Winners. So I've been the one that's been like, like let's go here. Let's do that. Let's, yeah. you know, get your, you know, stick with me. I'll take your places. <laughs> Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Spain. And Jacob. Yeah. Portugal. Jacob, how far have your kids gone? typically to compete yeah like we usually do these two kind of competitions here in czech which is like regional then country and then nationals so it's like three of them and then we do the do the bigger organizations so we went to croatia we went spain two times already croatia like four times and we are now planning to go to egypt where the finals for international dance organization is but we will see because also as COVID was, and we are competing during COVID uh, on online competitions, we are sticking with the same choreos for more than two years. And I'm really, you know, done wow. with them. <laughs> I would love to, you know, uh, switch and create a new one. So let's see if we do Egypt, because like we would have to compete with the ones which we won nationals right. with. Uh, so so everybody's fun. bored of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even the kids. <laughs> even, uh, even the kids, they are like, okay, I, I know this dance. You know, if you w- wake me up in 5 a.m., I can dance this for you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to know, Jacob, so I, you guys have all ages at your studio, right? From like little bitties all the way up? Yeah, exactly. Is, every, is everybody competing, even the, the tiny kids? Exactly. We are a selective studio, though. So not everybody right. can enter. Uh, we do castings sure. every year and even our kids, which are already in the studio, do casting to, you know, be again in the group. And uh, we have like in each age division, uh, we have like 50 competition dancers in two leagues, in the basic one and in the elite. So, okay. but we are now, as we are getting bigger, we uh, we want to offer also, you know, like non-competitive kind of groups where, you know, you can just dance for fun and like come one mm-hmm. two times a week now we are really orientated onto the competition world because the kids they love it they love to win yeah they <laughs> yeah. Uh, love together with the other studios the atmosphere is really great and as we are a small small industry uh there's like i don't know like twenty thousand competition dancers in the whole czech republic so basically they they enjoy the the time when we come together and also one of the organizations uh they do record the finals for the tv so the cool. kids can watch oh, themselves cool. in the TV, which is really nice. Right. So yeah, I think the the small market, you know, allows you to do like kind of experiments with it because you don't have to reach out to that many people. And we all know each other. We basically like are one community. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like U.S. that you have different communities in different kind of parts of the uh, mm-hmm. of the states. But here we are one community, so it's really easy. Also for me as a you know business owner to reach to the uh, to the community because once you are known somehow, it's really easy to promote things. And like you know, we we launched educational programs for kids. We are bringing people in. We have a like a summer camp where Sabrina Philip, I hope you know her. She comes from US from LA to teach our kids. And also, I'm like working on you know opening more the boundaries of Czech industry because I think there are great dancers in in the country and really interesting, but nobody sees them because everybody sees you know all the Miller, Jojo Gomez, and right. all these like big big <laughs> names in yeah, the yeah. US industry and. I'm bringing, you know, international teachers to see. And uh, every time they come, they are like, what? They are so, you know, hungry for experience. They want to learn. Like last time, Lucas McFarland was here and he was like, wow, you know, they are so focused. Like they, they listen to every word you say. Different than US, you know, when they have that much opportunities to, you know, learn from the best. I think they will kind of stop cherishing it, you know? Yeah. Okay, I have a question because over here in the States, contemporary dance is like the most popular thing ever in the competition scene. Everyone loves contemporary, contemporary, contemporary. Where is jazz dance? You know, I, that I'm a jazz teacher, so obviously I'm asking where is jazz <laughs> dance? I just have to know, is, is contemporary dance ruling the, the international dance world as well? Yes, and I've had to create ah. contemporary, traditional, contemporary commercial. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. For your categories. Yeah, so that so happened. So cool, so smart. So yeah. lyrical, and now I've created contemporary, commercial, contemporary, traditional, because I was, I was in New Zealand running this finals, and I'm looking at kids going, what is this? What and is this? The judges, and I go, what are they doing? <laughs> I go, it's not contemporary. They go, oh, that's what they're learning in the schools now. It's like part of an education contemporary. So I said, we need to talk about this because it's different. So we came up with contemporary traditional, which is what we're all used to, you know, like what we've all grown up with and this contemporary commercial, which is the new type of contemporary coming out. So like more like in, I, like I fusion <laughs> contemporary, like with hip hop elements or like, how would you describe yes, the commercial? Yes. That's okay. what I'm saying. It's faster. It's more jazz like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was judging on Sunday, some, all these groups on Sunday and I was actually saying in my critiques, I'm saying, look, if you ever enter showcase, this would be definitely a contemporary commercial. This would be a contemporary commercial. Mm-hmm. I was actually telling them, you know, to say, you know, just so it's easy because people are like, what is it? What are we struggling? So we're not penalizing anyone at the moment because we're still getting through through it all. But yeah, totally different. So these, so it's actually increased the solos more because they're entering both. Right. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. But we have the, uh, the exact same problem that uh, contemporary is huge now in Czech Republic and everybody wants to dance contemporary. And we have the same problem then in the category, they clash yeah. the commercial hip hop kind of vibe. And my kids who, who are, you know, like technically kind of based, you know, like I still think contemporary is based on technique. They look at me and they are like, what? The, this is competing yeah. against us. Like they are, they yeah. are having a rap song. They, they do isolation, but they don't have any, you know, foundation. They, they, don't, they don't start with any technique. So then they are like, I, we didn't have to have that much hours of ballet. 
So now everybody out there in the competition world, it's contemporary commercial and contemporary traditional. Thank you, Peter Oxford. Yes, thank, yeah. thank you, Peter, Peter Oxford. Exactly. Heard it, everybody. <laughs> we, one of our, or not one of our, the most popular episode of our podcast is one called Lyrical versus Contemporary to like explain the differences. And now I'm like, Courtney, this is the 2.0, yeah. Lyrical versus Traditional Contemporary versus commercial contemporary yeah. because I, I think you're right. I mean, again, looking at like the entries, it's like contemporary goes on for pages and pages and pages. And then you have lyrical and yes, yeah, like no, I'm still finding we're getting the 22 kids in a category for lyrical still. I, I've noticed that's still picked up, but then I'm still, I'm, I was judging lyrical on Sunday and going, this is not lyrical. It's contemporary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about like the, the hip hop? Do you guys do like, like, I think that yeah. hip hop could be split too. Like, Traditional hip hop, commercial hip hop. Yeah, see, I'm not hip hop trained, so I'd have to have someone who's expert on hip hop because I'm seeing like amazing hip hop routines. So someone who's more hip hop trained would have to say, yeah, that's hip hop traditional, hip hop commercial. Which if that's what we have to go to, I mean, it's also like we had to split up years ago the Broadway jazz and the jazz. Well, they need to do that here, and they still haven't. And it. And well, it... I split that up. I split that up a long time ago, oh, and I now love that. Actually, now I've just changed it from Broadway jazz just to be show dance. Oh, so the show yeah. dance, which is more like the traditional jazz, which is more like, you know, you can do your cover, you can do your for musicals, and then you've got your jazz. Okay. So I split that. So you don't well. have musical theater then? It's called show dance. Oh, okay. Oh. So I want, we have musical theater. I think theater. it's a little bit different to the show dance in Europe. Yeah. Show dance right. in tell Europe us. is totally different. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, What's that? I look at show dance in Europe and go, that's not show dance. <laughs> right. <laughs> show dance for us is contemporary with props with like huge props so this is show dance for us like we just won the the category now in Czech, and we had a big big u ramp from way uh, from which the kids were sliding down you know oh, doing tricks okay. on it so cool. this is show dance for us our show dance is not like but it's like a contemporary with like a <laughs> huge huge prop and you know like a kind of a storytelling thing like usually sometimes the stories are really like wake i would say you know they they're like girl died in a car accident you know everybody dies then okay. you know she she reincarnates <laughs> and you know and starts a whole new life okay so we've got show dance with a giant prop and so then do you have a jazz category and what would you like do you do a musical theater category or a broadway category have a musical theater category nothing no, at all no, no. Uh, okay we have contemporary jazz and show show art it's called art show kind of it's like the three main like contemporary and like the classic technique base, but also the other organization organization has it the opposite way around. Like they have a dance art, which means contemporary versus jazz, like both you can enter. So they do this, but we are now fighting for splitting, as Peter said, to have the com commercial part and the traditional, because like, it's really like you, you are judging apples and, you know, like grapefruits together. Yeah. What, so Jacob, does, do people in the Czech Republic do tap at all? Yeah, we have few, few studios, but they are really uh, doing great in Europeans uh, kind of championship. They are really good. Mm, cool. But we have like four or five of them in the whole country. Like not a lot at all. So there are nobody's competing. Tap. No, 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 no. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And I know Australia has got great tap. Yeah. Um, do you see yeah. a lot of tap over there? Yeah. And, I, and I'm tap trained. Mm. <laughs> I was known for my tap. That's what I was doing at the American competition. Yeah, I was going to say. Time. That's what you won in, in, in the 90s in the America competition. Like, oh, my God, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I was spinning around the stage. 
<laughs> I really love the separation of some of the styles. I think we have to evolve uh, over here in the States. So I hope some States competitions are taken a uh, hint because separating that contemporary style because it's so saturated even for us over here would just be so helpful on the judges end. It would be helpful for clarification. I think that kind of the Broadway, I like, I thought you were talking, Peter, originally the Broadway jazz category, not as musical theater, because I personally think there should be like a jazz jazz and then like a more stylized like theater jazz, Broadway jazz. And then, right. And then like separate musical theater, because like musical theater for us is more like the character and the, there might be some props and you're telling the story from the musical and it's a show tune. And yeah, and that's our show dance. That's what we've just thrown on to show dance now. Because right. we used to have Broadway jazz and then it was like, okay, we got Hollywood jazz and then we'd like, oh, no, we'll mm-hmm. just make it show dance. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. musical theater, everything, all that, which is not jazz, but right. in that sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. I really But if anyone, anyone out there in competition land who runs a competition, you're more than welcome to jump on my website and take out what it means for each category so we're all uniform. I'm very much into that. Like, yeah. let's all just be the same, like, especially with age groups and all that sort of thing. It's a lot easier for teachers. Yep. That's something I've always, I've been pushing for over 20 years. Like, let's just all be the same. Well, so speaking to that, so in the States, there's no kind of governing body over competitions. Like any Joe Schmo from the side of the road can say, I own a competition and decide what they want to do. Is that the same in Australia? Yes. Any dance mom can run a dance competition. In <laughs> sure. What about you, Jacob? In, yeah, in, in Czech Republic, anybody can just open yeah. one. Man, come on, know, guys. I mean, we got to do better than at that. At least there's like international comp i don't know it still feels a little bit more controlled when you have like an international competition that's going to all these different countries that's saying these are the rules for if you want to compete at this event and feels a little bit more prestigious and like you know you can really say i am a world champion at that point whereas like you know people in the states have there's competitions that quote unquote say world champions and it's like you just competed against everybody in New Jersey. Like this. Not even everybody. Yeah. Like the, how are you a world champion? Like I just don't yeah. understand how we can even say those things. Whereas like y'all can actually say we are. We competed against international studios. Like it. I don't know. Look, I've thought about it over the years and I thought, you know, where could we host it? Could we all go to Hawaii? Could we Ooh. go, you know. Right. <laughs> a nice middle point yeah where would you go <laughs> well I, I have thought about it i have investigated and thought oh should i do this well then i just went down the track i just run dance competitions on cruise ships <gasps> yeah 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 i was doing who that. does that here celebrity celebrity i think maybe does like a comics. carnival royal caribbean i did cool yeah yeah you should yeah that would be fun That'd be epic so we, we are thinking of doing something maybe in fiji Ooh, mm. sign me up you need a judge. We can help. <laughs> the parents just want a holiday. Oh, we say it's a holiday. Oh, and there's some dancing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's why the crew, the dance cruises work so well when I take my competition on the ship because we just, it's a seven night cruise. We do a few mornings. We get the showroom. In the afternoons, we get another room. And then we, and port days is nothing. Then we do like some workshops. And then we have our big battle of stars. Cool. At the end of it. That's the best. That's the best week. Oh my God. Yeah. I love like a it. dream. And I literally just get on the ship down here in Sydney and take the trophies on. We've even had to take our target floor. Like, oh, wow. Because Carnival, like, you can't tap on the floor. And I had a whole studio coming who did tap. Oh, gosh. So we oh. had to get our target floor on the ship. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, and it was like getting pulled up, laid down all week for these tappers. <laughs> I had to clear it through customs back in Sydney and get it back to my storage unit. So I say, 
this dance floor has been through the South Pacific. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. So I have one kind of final question before we wrap up. And I feel like it's a hot question. Winners and overalls and first places and things like that. Uh, Over here in the States, it's gotten excessive (laughs) with how many winners there are. And and like we've already talked about, there's how many competitions now in the state companies. So then there's that. Plus, they have 30 regionals a, uh, a season. Then they have seven nationals events and then times that by, you know, 100. And everyone's a winner. And with the additional levels, which we talked about, and it sounds like you all have something kind of similar to levels. Maybe there's only three and not five or six like some comps out here have. So how, how do overalls work? How are you go- only doing like first, second, third? Or are you doing top tens? Are, are there ties? Like, is everyone walking away a winner? Or are there only a handful of winners at your events? I need top 10. <laughs> top 10? Top 10 each age group. But we give first, second, third, fourth, fifth each category, depending on how many is in it. Every act gets an award according to their score, which would be a high silver, a gold, platinum, gold, or gold, whatever. And then top 10 each age group. That's it. Okay. So very much like what we do. Yeah, it is based on that. Yep. So we are totally different. We don't do any overalls and anything like that. We don't do points. So basically the final note, it's one to whatever number is in the category of the routines. Uh, and so basically it's called skating system. So, oh, yeah. uh, so if you have, I would go like one, one, two, three, three. So they will cut out three and one and just do the just do the maths from the from the numbers which are more even together. So you cut out the worst note and the best note, and then you see who is the winner. So we don't have any kind of uh, like pointing and kind of uh, that thing. We just uh, do if they come. We write like technique one to ten, like what well, ten is the best, one is the worst then choreography and then costume and like overall expression, but it's not seen anywhere. They have to come to get the, uh, the feedback. Otherwise, we don't say anything. And even on regionals, we lift the marks up. So okay. that's the worst part of my job because oh. I'm watching, you know, that everybody yeah. wants their kid to win. And I'm, you know, pointing out five and they're like, oh. okay, this young guy is a real yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it happened to me that uh, I was judging seniors category, which is like mom's dancing, which I love it. It's ridiculous. Oh, I love that. Uh, but they were trying, you know, to do like a whole contemporary piece, you know, and they were they were picturing a book about mice, and they they had these sled kind of colors on them, and they were, you know, like doing a real real contemporary. And I was like, you are making fun of contemporary. This is not contemporary. Like. Either, you know, you make fun, you know, you do salsa or whatever, but don't do contemporary when you are, you know, like 50 and you don't have any basics. So I lift four, <laughs> which was the, yeah. the worst in the category. And then I was sitting in the judging room and the lady came in. She started screaming at me like, what you are thinking? Oh, my uh, God. You are, you know, evolutionary. Like, I thought you would, you would love this. You know, you are young and you would, you would know what's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So so it's interesting and it's really tricky because like the node defines a lot. Mm. 
uh, I think the the scoring system which you have it's uh, it's better because it has a more range, you know. Uh, it has more range of like uh, somebody can be 99 and some, somebody can be 98, and still they will see, right. you know, they are really great. But if you give mm, somebody right. one and somebody two, they they don't know what the difference between them. If it was hard to choose or it it, it was easy, you know. Yeah. Right. And and so in the Czech Republic, you as a judge, you don't you say nothing. You you don't have any critiques that you give verbally. So you, it's just a number. You, you can come as a studio okay. owner. You can come and get the critiques, but it's not not mandatory. Like you can yeah. come and ask, but most of the studios they don't come and ask. <laughs> uh, well, they don't. They don't want to know. know. Yeah, they don't want to know. <laughs> but some of them they want, and they you know they and it's really nice to see when they implement the things you say. Right. Uh, into yeah. the next round and it's really helping them so so i think that more people in czech would you know uh would i would love them to start coming more to the feedbacks because like we are not mean people you know we want to help right uh, we want right. to help the industry to grow and to be better and so when you say when they come to you so does that mean like i'm you know studio owner a and i come up to you judge jacob and i say hi i was number 472 can you tell me what i can do better exactly. like that's Oh wow! Exactly. So hard. How do you remember? <laughs> so Are they lined up. They lined yeah. up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so basically, we have a papers and we write everything down. Oh, you do write. Okay. Okay. We write everything okay, down good. during the choreo, and it's like super hard because you have to watch and write at the same time. Yeah. I love American kind of style where you say it into the mic, which is really yep. cool. I think because like the the judge basically reacts right away what's happening, to yeah. what what's happening, which is really good. Like I would introduce this also in Czech because like it's really cool. Yeah, so it's easier on the judge. Get on Dance Comp Genie. Yeah, Dance Comp Genie or everybody else. Well, that's cool. I didn't know Dance Comp Genie was was international, so that's cool. Yeah, I was the first one in Australia. Oh, actually, there's only there's three of us in Australia. Two of us in Australia use it now. I, I was the first. I bought it in twelve, ten, eleven years ago. I started using it. Cool, nice. Yeah. yeah. And so Peter and in Australia, I think it's similar to US where they're the judges are speaking now on the mic. Yeah, I, I was the first one to do that. Nice. But there's another there's another program out there now which does that as well, which they're just using. Yeah. Cool. But we can do the, you can do video as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a video cool. critique. Yeah. But Thanks. we still aren't using, yeah we are not using video critique at the moment. It's just my laptops are playing up and the cameras are playing up, so I just oh forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you make it work. Just do the audio. That's enough. I yeah, love hearing that. I. It is interesting how it's, you know, all evolved throughout the years because I'm sure that, uh, Peter, it's evolved for you as far as how your awards have changed and how your, you know, obviously your categories have changed and, and things like that. But it, it seems like that uh, Australia is right on par with what we kind of do over here. I mean, we've seen uh, on forums and stuff people talking and uh, people might be venting about the American competition and then someone from Australia will chime in and be like, oh, that's so not what it's like over here for us or, you know, so I was always like, I want to know if it's the same, but it sounds pretty similar. And it sounds like, and like you said, uh, Jacob, it, it, it is kind of nice to have our scoring range, how we have it. I do think that it makes sense. It also, I mean, it sounds like you are the bad guy for sure when you when you hold up those numbers. But I also think that's different and cool, too. Like, I think there's benefit to all different ways of judging. I don't know. I, I, or maybe you don't hold up the number or it's just like 
more like posted, like the final score is posted instead of like each individual holding up could be like an alternative method for that. Yeah. You know, so you're not the the, the mean judge all the time. <laughs> not all the time. When it's yeah. really good, I put one. So it's, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fun. I think because it brings out confidence in dancers, it brings out the craziness in dancers. But I also think that, like I say, don't go there and perform for the judges. Go there and perform for the audience. Treat it like a show because that's what you're working towards, performing in shows. A competition is just one stepping stone to get to a professional career. I love about competition the in- inspirational aspect of it, that you get to see what everybody was doing the whole year and what they prepared and the different style you get. You can, you know, like pinch this one out and like, I like this bit, like I will get inspired. Like, I think the inspiration really like drones all the way in the competitions and it's really amazing to see all the people and the community getting together. We would like to send a huge thank you to our international guests for joining us on our podcast and telling us a little bit more about competitive dance in their country. Be sure to follow our guests on social media. You can follow Jacob at Dvorak underscore Kuba and follow his studio at movement.factory on Instagram. And you can find Peter at Peter Oxford underscore official and follow his dance competition at Showcase Dance on Instagram. Don't forget to follow Making the Impact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want more exclusive episodes, support our podcast by joining our Platinum Premium membership for only $5 a month. Subscribers receive free Making the Impact stickers, shoutouts live on the air, ad-free listening, and exclusive access to our Q&A episodes for members only. Join now at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash platinum premium or click the link in our show notes. Be sure to check out IDA-affiliated competition, DECA Dance Competition. DECA offers four specialized judges, a weighted technique score, and a brand new title competition where everyone is eligible at no additional cost. Experience the DECA difference with top-notch teacher and studio owner care in a faculty lounge, skill-based levels, an emphasis on age appropriateness as part of every routine's overall score, and so much more. Join DECA Dance at one of their 15 events in their 2023 season. Head to their website to learn more and register for an upcoming event now at decadancecompetition.com and become a part of the DECA Dance family. Thanks for joining us in season four of Making the Impact. We're excited to bring you new topics this season. And coming up in the next few weeks, you can look forward to a breakdown of tap dance styles, why dancers need a proper warm-up, and our next spotlight feature. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep dancing.